Tired of boring news? Fatuous facts? Ever heard of a snakeworm? Butt science? Food crime? Estonian sports? Spanish art restoration? No facts. Just questions. Person in person. A news show. Subscribe. Please and thank you. Are you ready, kid? Oh. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the entirety of the intros matches going. Oh. <laughs> podcast for those who drink rosé. My name is Matt Casnell, and joining me as they always do are my bros in rosé. On an audio feed reporting live from Belmar, New Jersey, it's Mr. Rich Sweeten. Hi, everyone. On an audio feed reporting live from Haddon Heights, New Jersey, it's Mr. Sean O'Brien. Hey, everybody. And on an audio feed reporting live, again, from the Tunnel of Love, because he's lost and stuck, it's Tim Hansen. <laughs> It's dark in here, and the boat's not moving anymore. <laughs> the music stopped hours ago. Uh, at least, at least you're not stuck in a small world. Mm. It's a world Fact. of laughter, a world of tears. <laughs> of tears? Yeah, that sounds right. I don't know. Is that the lyrics? Like tears, no. hopes, fears. What is it? The world of oh, laughter, no a world of. That's fine. We don't have to keep talking about. Yeah, let's the notoriously the most annoying song in the world. Yeah, please, Tim, as, as the expert on the lyrics of this song, I need you to confirm for me whether or not I've got the lyrics right. What makes me the expert, Matt? <laughs> Matt's right. It's because you're a can... goofy impression. <laughs> a world of a world of tears, hopes, mm-hmm. fears. There's so much that we share that it's time we're aware. It's a small world after all. Anyway, this is the intro to Blood and Thunder. Anyway, this is this is a brose podcast, right, Matt? Nah. What what, no. what are you Rich, what are you trying to do? Trying to, <laughs> just, what are you trying to do here? You trying to push us off this subject? Huh? No, just just uh, bring bringing this bring this back on tracks. Hey, we, to, on, we went on off tracks. Track. Trying to bring this back bring on it. track? Is that what you're trying right. to do? Huh? Yeah, yeah. So, so, it's a small world. So we veered off track. On a track. Yeah. We 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 got off 95 going down to Florida uh-huh. to get like, to get a bite to eat to yeah. eat, and then we started driving down the road, and I'm getting it back on to 95. So we is get this the Californians now? <laughs> get back on the five, go right down to Santa Monica, and then go right off the bypass where you belong. Anyway, <laughs> welcome. To the award-winning Brose podcast, available as always on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and everywhere else where fine podcasts are bought and sold. Uh, the premise of our show, as always, is to answer questions from you, the audience, about life, the universe, and everything. And we do it while enjoying a delicious glass of rosé. And if you have a question you'd like us to answer on the air, you want to email that question to brosequestions at gmail.com. That's brosequestions 
at gmail.com. But before we get to those questions, let's discuss the wines we are drinking tonight. Rich Sweeten, what are you drinking? I am drinking this uh, giant big boy bottle called uh, Foxhorn Vineyards uh, White Zinfandel um, for a dusty $10 bottle of wine. It's decent, and I enjoy it. Uh, it went it went down from really good to decent because my second sip of it last episode, my ear popped and I got instantly dizzy for like 30 seconds. So I don't know if it was the wine or just personal bodily stuff. I'm blaming the wine right now. Oh, yes, a normal thing to happen while drinking wine is to be like, like you're in an airplane. Yeah. Nice. Just sitting there riding along and then... Yeah. And exactly. all of a sudden, it's like I fell down a mountain. Uh, Tim, what are you drinking? I am drinking Westmount. It's a Pinot Noir Rosé from Oregon. And it says something about glaciatic silt deposits over alluvial clay. No idea what any of that has to do with wine, but it is very good. Uh, it has a nice, rich, deep flavor uh, with some sweetness in it. That's not terribly overpowering. It's like the slightest hint of dryness on the back end, and I just think it's a very well-rounded wine. Well-rounded. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Mr. O'Brien, what are you uh, ogling over there? Uh, I'm drinking Lanzarote, uh, and it still isn't great. But it is 13.5%, so like a little bit higher alcohol content than the average rosé. So uh, I like it a little bit more than I did, but not by much. <laughs> Amen to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am I am drinking uh, Berry Cream Rosé from California. Now, I'm going to be honest. Just strictly based on the name, I was expecting to not like this wine. Uh, berry Cream does not... Uh, strike me as the 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 name of a wine that I particularly would enjoy based on my tastes, um, but I have to say it is quite good. It is a little sweet. Uh, it is it is dry on the back, uh, and it is listen. It, this is this is a good good rosé. Twelve percent, twelve and a half percent alcohol bro volume, uh, and I don't know exactly what the cost of this bottle was because it was a gift. But I could say you could do a lot worse than uh, than a good berry cream rosé if you're if the rosé is your thing, which it should be because you're listening to the Brosé podcast. It'd be really weird if you didn't like rosé. Really weird. Anyway, Tim, uh, what? <clears throat> how Quite are you weird. Doing? So aggressive about it. I know. I'm very angry. I'm uh, I'm doing good. How you doing, buddy? I'm hanging in there, man. I'm hanging in there. I understand that you right. have our All next right. uh, hey, Matt, email of questions. I got some questions for you. Only Matt. Would you like to? Yeah, only Matt. The rest of you guys could just uh, chill <laughs> right, out. I'll just, do you want me? Do you want me to mute myself, or should I just raise my hand anytime I need to talk? Raise your hand. That's what that little button in the new Zencaster format for. Is raising okay. your hand. Okay, I got it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no. All right. So, bros, the, the elephant you received a few weeks ago. What did you name him? Cecil. Yeah, so we got a question. A few <laughs> I named weeks him ago. Cecil. Cecil <laughs> the elephant. Without hesitation, yeah. Cecil. Uh, I named mine Philip. It was a girl elephant. <laughs> That's fine. I wasn't expecting anyone to get that joke, but uh, I named him <laughs> Philip. Why did you? Yeah, name it went, him that went over my head. It's fine. It's a fairly odd parents joke. Oh, oh boy! Yeah. Uh, Cosmo, the the dumb one who is my favorite character on that show, finds a nickel. He's like, I I found a nickel. I named him Philip. And then something happens later. He's like, Philip was a girl, nickel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do remember that one now. Um, 
Rich, what did you name your elephant? Um, so I like to name my pets things I can't have. So like in a video game where I have a pet dog, I named it Bread because I can't have bread. Um, but I can't <laughs> think of a good thing I can't have for an elephant. So his name's going to be Steven. 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 Okay. Nice. Works. Steven. Steven the elephant. I'm naming mine Lucy after the uh, the elephant in uh, the Margate Beach. Uh, Lucy the elephant, uh, big yellow that's, elephant. That's a good name uh, for an elephant. Right, right off the boardwalk. Great name for an elephant. Uh, Margate is a solid beach. I've only been there a couple of times with uh, with some friends, but uh, but Lucy. I remember when when Sandy hit. I think like the the health and the safety of Lucy was like paramount to the people of Margate. Like before, yeah. like <laughs> you know the homes. And you know, the, the the people there was like, what happened to Lucy? And uh, I, I believe Lucy survived. So uh, so still there to this day. So my elephant is also named Lucy. Isn't isn't Lucy situated like in the middle of a couple of homes too? So like, if she got knocked over, she was going into homes and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's like at the corner. There's like a condo building of some sort near her. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, yeah, it would have been it would have been a rough go of it if Lucy had oh, uh, yeah. had been oh, yeah. torn off her moorings. Uh, Can you climb yeah. in, Lucy? I can't remember. So there's I, I, there's actually two of them because there's a big old Lucy that you can climb into, and then there's a smaller Lucy like X number of blocks down uh, okay. that's like you know about like my height. Uh, but but yeah, there's a big Lucy that you can still climb into, and in fact, the last time we were at Margate, uh, there was a wedding reception being held uh, at. Lucy at the feet of Lucy uh, in Margate, and I think there were people trying to like climb into it as well, which I didn't understand because it was sweltering hot. And the last thing I'd want to <laughs> do in like a suit or a or a tux or like you know a wedding dress or whatever is to climb into that hot old you know, wooden elephant. Uh, but apparently, it's a big deal yeah. to people. So, mm. any other uh, names for your elephants? Yep. <laughs> No, <laughs> nope. That's a good All question, right. though. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to Cecil that I hadn't thought of it before. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah it, it just came up I'm with. I love callback questions right now. Um, I'm, I'm I'm sorry, Stephen, that I haven't really <laughs> taken good care of you over the last few weeks. But like, it's been a rough few weeks, and you're not here anymore. So, if I remember correctly, I gave Philip back to herself. Yes, you, because you, Philip's a girl elephant. You set uh, Philip free. Uh, in you, you somehow had the capacity to you. You did not have the money to care for the elephant, but you did have the money to fly it back to its natural habitat. Listen, that is besides <laughs> the point. I also don't have the money to feed an elephant, and somehow they're like, "Yeah, oh, no, you got this." Sure. <laughs> uh, what's our next question, Tim? Next question is: Sharon, describe a favorite photo from quarantine times. Um. Let's look through my photos. Yeah, I was going to say, everyone get your phones out and uh, start taking a look through stuff. It's probably when I buzz off all my hair. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Uh, because it was... It's something that I've always wanted to do. Um, and then the option is like, well... You know, my, my, my job at the time was like, well, well, there's no Zoom calls. So now's the time for it. It's June. It's sweltering hot. I haven't had a haircut since February. So I'm just going to buzz all my hair off and see what happens. And um, and I looked acceptable uh, with with trimmed hair all the way down. Uh, but it also allowed me to see what my hair would look like 
throughout the course of uh, it growing at different lengths because I've, I've had pretty long hair my whole life. So I will say it's that one because I sent the picture. I did it over like my lunch break and I sent a picture to my wife and she was uh, horrified uh, at the at the photo that I sent her <laughs> of, of me having my hair buzzed off. But uh, but uh, I, I will go with that one. That's a memorable photo of us from quarantine time. Hmm. I'm stuck uh, between two. I've got, and I've already forgotten what the second one was. One is uh, either a picture of friend of at least me and Matt's. Uh, I don't know if Richard Sean has met him, but a picture of Pat Mac taking a picture of Paul on Paul's wedding as we were all getting ready on Paul's wedding day. Hmm. So the McAndrew brother is being adorable on the eldest of the two getting married. Oh, that's good. Which is just an adorable picture, and that was such a fun and beautiful day. And then uh, the other one is my buddy Dave. Dave for... Uh, not Dave for Yeah, Dave Hendrickson, uh, who was very drunk when we went to Stolen Sun uh, Brewing towards the B. It was like when they... After the initial closing of literally everything, and they're like, all right, restaurants can have outdoor seating. And we're like, we've never been here. Let's go. They have outdoor seating. Hmm. Uh, and then he's just like, what's in these woods? And he like just takes off into the woods. And I find him sitting in a stream, drinking a beer, and just like chilling. And had <laughs> apparently spilled his beer on his shirt at some point. <laughs> and you can see it in the shirt. And he just looks <laughs> like a dope. And it's just like, but it was such a sweet moment. It's like, ah, oh, can we just chill here? Do we have to go back to the table? It's so nice here. <laughs> now, is this typical behavior for him, or is this? <laughs> uh, D- 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 when Dave drinks, he uh, is very an- well. Honestly, even before Dave drinks, he's a very animated and goofy and hilarious individual, and I love the hell out of this guy. Um, so it, it would I would say it's not unusual or surprising. Uh, considering at some point somebody was making fun of a drink he was drinking. He's like, this ain't my drink. And, like, and somebody asked him who's driving home. He's like, I don't know. They got to find my keys first. And then spikes his keys into that drink, which he thought, <laughs> like, realized was disgusting. And we're just like, no. Why did you do that? No He's like, I don't know. I'm walking home. <laughs> well, good. Which he Res- could have at the Responsible. Time, it, was, it was great. Responsible. Yeah. He is yeah. very excellent. He is very responsible. Yeah. Uh, Sean, memorable quarantine photo? Uh, I have this photo. Ooh. Oh, I love that photo. It's the first time it yeah. snowed. It's Alice and Mary in the snow. That's mm. Alice's uh-oh. first snow experience. Yeah, uh-oh. Oh, uh-oh. Baby. uh-oh. Babies. Babies. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so that's probably my favorite quarantine photo right now. But there's also, like... A lot of photos of like Mary reading to Alice and stuff like that. That's very nice. Or Jacob reading to Alice, also very cute. But that one's my favorite right now. Because it's snowing and it's, I hate the snow, but that makes it a little bit more bearable that we have a little baby who enjoys it. Mm. How about you, Rich? Mm, I've, I've actually, I've got a few now going back through them. Uh, early October when uh, the virus was less widely spread and I was more, a little bit more open and less cautious to seeing my family. I have a picture, a selfie of me and my niece. We're both smiling. Um, then before that, there's this derpy picture. I gotta find it again because I lost it. This derpy looking picture of my parents' dog 
looking all super goofy and laying upside down on my couch. Uh, let's see. I don't know if you guys can see it. Yeah. He's oh, a doggo. What a, what a doof. Yeah, what a doof. Um, and then there's a picture that my parents took and sent me early pandemic, uh, maybe a month in, where I was waiting out in line at uh, Wegmans, and uh, I am part of B-roll for the news during that time. Mm. And you can see my hoodie and my big beard. Uh, and I think at the time, because I still didn't have a face mask, I was wearing a bandana. Um, and then there's one last one. When I watched Legend of Korra, I took a picture of the, the TV because it, it was uh, one of the episodes where Korra is young Korra, where she's got the tubby little belly with her butt, belly button showing. Oh, like, the it's, it's the cutest ever because little tubby baby Korra was adorable. So... Agreed. Just what, like pictures. What was, the, what was the news story that you were uh, were part of the B roll for? Probably them talking about lines at Wegmans or something, or lines to food shop. So yeah, because that was still pretty early pandemic. Yeah, it was early pandemic, and like Wegmans wasn't was only letting like maybe a hundred customers in at a time, maybe. Mm-hmm. So like lines would be pretty long. I usually went on a Friday during work hours, so less people would be waiting. Um, but yeah, I was shocked. I didn't know that I was going to be on the B-roll. They just, mm. they saw my Eagles hoodie and were like, Rich, you're on the news and sent me a picture of it. <laughs> they saw the Eagles hoodie, the, the, the cameraman and they're like, this is, this is South Jersey right here. Eagles. <laughs> exactly. Let's go. Exactly. Uh, boy. Uh, Tim, what do we got next? Our next question comes from Emily Cooper. Uh, stickers on your laptop or no stickers on your laptop? Hmm. I I am a no stickers on my laptop kind of person. When it comes to electronics, I'm very like particular. They have to be clean. They have to be nice. They have to be sleek. No stickers. Like I, I like I'll put stickers all over my desk before I put stickers on my laptop. Hmm. I usually have one, and it's just uh. Usually every time I would get a new laptop, I would also probably be getting a new pair of headphones, which are usually Skullcandy. And Skullcandy headphones, I don't know if they still do, but used to come with a Skullcandy sticker. So I would just slap that right over the HP or the Dell logo or something like that. And people would legitimately be like, oh, shit, I didn't know Skullcandy made laptops. I was like, yeah, me neither. Oh, (laughs) you're talking about me. My bad. (laughs) Uh, but that's the extent of it. I haven't, I don't even, I don't think my current laptop has a sticker on it. I don't really care that much, but Martha has been going through the process of like, they have to like kind of sort of color coordinate and does this fit this space on the laptop or should I put it over here? Is this too big? Maybe I should get a different sticker. And it's been very cute to watch her process. (laughs) Not typically a sticker guy. Uh, I've put stickers on my wife's. I got uh, years ago. I got my wife a, a laptop, like a like a HP Stream or something for for a uh, and I think it was an anniversary gift. And uh, and I put a there's like a panda sticker, like a sleeping panda sticker that was like it had like some open spaces on it, so it meshed well. Like it, it didn't it went well with the color of the laptop and everything, and it was perfect for her. Um, I do not care. Like I, it's. Uh, the computer is a tool. Uh, I treat it as such, and uh, and I do not necessarily <laughs> care for stickers on on it. Uh, this is again one of those like don't yuck your yum things. Like if you if you like having stickers, you like a bunch of decorations on your laptop, fine. But I I, I don't really care about it. 
about you, Sean? Uh, I don't have any stickers on my laptop, but I'm not like not for any reason. I I put stickers on my water bottles and stuff, but I won't. And like my guitar case has a bunch of stickers on it, but for some reason, this laptop has just avoided that fate. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why this one doesn't. I just decided against it this time. I'm a yeah, grown up. There's, there's an era for that. <laughs> like I, that, does that just, it strikes me as a very like high school thing. Like to love. Like like it, it, this is my perception of it. it. Strikes me as something that you would do in like high school or college, where you're like, oh, you know, I'm gonna, you know, in 2005, if I if I had a laptop, which I I did not at the time, but if I did, like I'd of course be like, oh yeah, I'm putting like an AFI sticker on my laptop. Yeah. <laughs> like or, well, or I I like think that. it's like I I think for me. Doing putting a bunch of stickers on your laptop, it's just a way to express yourself, but I don't feel like I need to anymore hmm. express myself. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel yeah. like I'm very much myself all of the time, so I don't feel like in those little moments when it's like, oh, I can express a little bit more of my personality. I don't, I don't feel as, as big, I don't feel as much of an urge to do that anymore because I feel like I've come into my own enough that you just, you just existing with me. It's like, I'm, I'm the stickers on my laptop now. Mm -hmm. Uh, For, for me, like when I was going uh, to like anime conventions and things, I would go to the artist alley and I would buy stickers from just small creators. Uh, And they'd be like stickers of like favorite characters and such. But knowing like electronics, like cell phones and laptops and 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 tablets and things like those things don't last forever. And I would want to put my stickers onto something that's that I'm going to have for a long, long time. Like I remember, I got band stickers that I put on a CD holder that I I threw away. But like, I'm like man, I really like those bands. I wish I still had those stickers to put on something new. So like, I I never really felt the need to put stickers on things that weren't going to last. So I just, I do have like a packet of stickers that I've never used that just sit there. Cause I'm like, I don't know what's worth putting a sticker on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe a bumper sticker on a car. Cause like maybe because like, Hey, cars an investment, you're going to have that mm-hmm. for a long time. Yeah. So maybe that's the move. But like, I also just aesthetically, I, I'm not a bumper sticker guy either. Like, I, I don't know. Like I just, I'm, I'm sort of in Sean's boat where I'm just like, you know, I feel I, I feel like I well, first of all, we have a goddamn podcast where we just express ourselves for four and a half hours every <laughs> week, uh, when we get together. So, you know, I have done plenty of expressing myself. I'm you know, I'm, I'm 31 years old now, uh, so I, I don't feel like, you know, putting, you know, coexist on the back of my car is really the the thing that I need to be doing at this point in my life. Uh, and that extends to the laptop as well. Like, I don't know, like, what, what am I going to put? It's 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 a machine. I, I, I use it to surf yeah. the internet. Uh, you know, surf the, do people still say that surf the internet, surf the web. It's 2021. <laughs> do people still do that to that track. Um, yes. but, uh, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I had, don't particularly care about stickers. I had, I had stickers for my old car, the caliber, and there was two of them. They were both the same sticker from Batman, uh, from, uh, the dark Knight rises. And it was the little chalk outline that uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt would leave of the bat whenever, like, they would check a location or whatever. And I'm mad that I put two stickers on that car 
because I really liked that outline. I really liked that movie. I want to put that sticker on this car, but it was a movie promotion only, so I can't find the sticker anymore. Oh, no. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Any other thoughts on the sticker question? Mm-mm. No. Mm-hmm. All right, then. Shall Tim, we move on? Let's keep it churning. All right. In 30 seconds, tell your life story in as much detail as possible. <laughs> okay. When, when I first read this, the first thing that pops into my head is Courage the Cowardly Dog, abandoned as a pop up. And then just by Muriel. Moves in the middle of nowhere. Uh, so I got I got my stopwatch set. Who wants to go first? Oh, I, I pulled up a timer for myself. Oh. All right. Uh, mm. I, I need a second to consider this. <laughs> All right, I'll I'll butcher my way through this. Right. Timmy, All on right. your marks. Yeah. Get set. Oh, no, I'm going to start myself. I'll time myself. Thank you very much. <laughs> I don't trust me either. Um, so born in Holland, youngest of four, lived in Germany until I was three uh, with my mom and Air Force dad, moved to New Mexico, parents divorced, moved to Pennsylvania, still the youngest. Oh, I said youngest of three, youngest of four. Uh, met Matt at some point, grew up, got fat. Got less fat, started losing my hair, graduated, met other people, got married, don't have a college degree, do jobs, drink wine, and that's my life. <laughs> uh, you, you, let, you, 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 uh, you had about an extra second. You could have added some more about country strength in there and stuff. Not, not on my timer. That's uh, why I time myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who wants to go next? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's so hard i did so i've done so many things yeah all right you ready here's yeah. my life in 30 seconds mm-hmm. born unwed mother then grew up for a while then dad dies grandmom dies cousin dies bunch of people die but i'm okay i'm okay <laughs> I'm, I'm okay, okay with this kind of fucks me up a lot but i go to a lot of therapy now i met my wife uh, we have a bunch of fun together. Uh, she had Jacob. I met Jacob when he was six. He's old now. We have another. We had another baby, and now everything's great. <laughs> the end. Kaboom! Did nice. it. Nice. Did it. Did it. Did it. It's so yeah. hard. It's so hard. I was timing myself. It's. I felt like there was so much pressure to get so many things in. But like honestly, it's <laughs> oh, just geez. like I was born. A bunch of people died. I got married. And now I have two kids. <laughs> I'm really stoked. I, I was going to make a joke about, wait, you, I was going to make a joke. Wait, you stopped growing up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rich, are you ready? I guess I can be. All right. Uh, all right. Um, born in Voorhees, uh, grew up in Belmar, then Woodland, then Collingswood. Um, I went to college starting for uh, computer science. Then I was like, nah, fuck this. I can't sit in front of a computer for eight hours. So I went for communications. And now I have an office job where I sit in front of a computer for eight hours not doing computer science. Um, I worked at McDonald's for six and a half years, was an assistant manager. Actually kind of liked that job. And now I do podcasts on my free time and play a bunch of video games. And I don't really have anything else. Hmm. That's pretty good. Nice pretty good it's efficient according to my timer only about 0.74 seconds over i'm sorry guys all right take that out of my time later on or something <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> chop it off 
Uh, no more, no take for you. All right, this is gonna be really hard for me to do in uh in thirty seconds, but I'm gonna give it a shot. Um, and go. All right, so I was uh, I was born in Neptune Township, New Jersey, uh, and I was a group in a family of five uh, with parents and two older sisters. Um, I'm, of, I'm of Italian descent. Um, really, my first breakthrough is when I, I got to play uh, in film on the movie One F- Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. But I'm probably best known for my role as Louis <laughs> De Palma on Taxi. Um, additionally, I'm probably better known in, in my more recent years for my my, my originally a, a featured role as Frank Reynolds on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Boom. <laughs> Perfect. 30 seconds on the dot. You got this. Dude, I nailed it. I think that is the most accurate description of any of us that we could have given. <laughs> I didn't even mention my Space Jam cameo. Uh, not even cameo. I was a main, I was a main villain in Space Jam. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard. It's the easiest. That was one of the fun. They, I, anytime anybody does one of these... Um, I always think back to like, remember when like on Facebook, you pass around these, um, these quizzes, like 25 things about me and, uh, you know, 25 things you might not know about me. It stole this survey from, you know, whoever, Phil or your Jane or whoever. <laughs> and, uh, a buddy of mine just did tw- 25 facts about Danny DeVito. And just like, here's 25 things you don't know about me. <laughs> so, uh, I was like, oh, of course the, the only thing I can possibly do is 30 seconds about Danny DeVito. That's... Well, that, that, do? that also just brings back to, uh. That, that, that brings back to uh, session two, episode one of session two, when, uh, Matt, you gave us three truths about yourself instead of two <laughs> truths and a lie. No, he gave um, us three lies. No, yeah. no, they were all true, I think. <laughs> the world well, may never right. know. Uh, all those things happened to me. No, <laughs> I, I can I can confirm for you, uh, based on the restraining order I have from the lead singer from Lifehouse, that all of them are true. Uh, all right, before we get to the next question. Tim Hansen, I think we got to talk about another podcast. Do we have to? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we should. <laughs> we should. Uh, you know, let's let's talk for a minute about the not my type podcast, Tim. Uh, Tim, it's it's a good show. It's a quality program uh, with, with a couple of, of of good friends of ours, Jesse and Ryan. Tim, tell me about the not my type podcast. Uh, I'm a fan of it because, as as we can tell, I am not a very serious individual, so I prefer my podcast to be more of a non-serious conversation type uh, on anything from pop culture to BuzzFeed quizzes and movies and what TV stuff you're into, what fandoms you're all about. So I, I, I like that uh, that nature to the show. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah. the and the, t- the Tide Pod pun in their name and website is very entertaining to me. Oh yeah, that's that's a good point. I also enjoy the fact that they have a section for tarot cards on their website. Uh, specifically, you just draw a tarot card, and uh, I'm I'm a big fan of that. Uh, as somebody who's a fan of creepy things, um, new episodes of the show come out every Wednesday. So for more information about the show, check out notmytypepod.com. That's notmytypepod.com. It's the Not My Type Podcast. Boom. <laughs> so, not to not to take away from that wonderful uh, recommendation, Here but we like go, it's so it's so funny to me that we're gonna do live reads, and the point of the show is that we get more drunk 
as we go. So, like, just by by default, the the, the reads are gonna get worse <laughs> as we go. Worse or better? I can't wait till the next episode. It's like, uh, Tim, tell me about not my type. All right, listen here, bitch. Not my type. <laughs> Strap in and buckle up. This is getting real. Just- just wait until we get like legit advertiser reads from like me undies or Casper mattresses or some shit like that. Yeah, well, that's why you. That was when you, you want to fucking sleep. <laughs> Ooh, Tim. Tim would be Casper mattresses. Guys, we've been at this for five and a half hours. What do you want to do? Just lay in your goddamn Casper mattress. Yeah. When it's two thirty in the morning and we're on episode two of the podcast. Uh, but my my tarot card is very promising. It's the X of Swords reversed, which oh. is uh, advantage, profit, and success. Mm. But none of them are permanent. But that's fine. I we as exp- as we've discussed, I don't have object permanence. <laughs> it, it, it's X of Swords is that? I didn't realize that was a. I'm not real up on. They're tarot, usually but... numbered, and the number is in Roman numerals. Uh, okay. All, so, right, all right. All right. Uh, normally, you just hear people say swords. Invest. Yeah, guys, we're Uh, (laughs) What's our next question? Uh, Give me a second. What, if anything, is too serious to be joked about? Live reads on a podcast where we get overly drunk. Yeah. Sacred. Good joke. Sacred cow of this podcast. Don't joke about the live reads. Uh, They're they're never going to want to deal with us again after this. Jesse and Ryan I've, I've communicated with Jesse extensively over the last couple of weeks and they've been nothing but nice and we're just here being like boy we're gonna fuck up this next live read let me tell you um, <laughs> so what if anything is, <laughs> is what if anything is too serious to be joked about um I think genuinely I don't think there's anything that's too serious to be joked about but I think there is, it would take a very specific joke for some things to work. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, I think, yeah. I think, I got yeah, a pretty think dark sense there, of humor, but yeah, I know. There, yeah. There's a time and place for certain jokes. Yeah. So there's definitely times when certain jokes that are normally funny are very much not funny mm-hmm. uh, and vice versa. Yeah, like, uh, I kind of prescribe to the, um, and I'm not a big fan of the show, so it's it's strange for me to prescribe to this, the uh, uh, South Park, um, 20 years later, you can make jokes about it type of thing. Like, I'm not saying I would ever find it funny or make jokes about 9-11, but there is a time and place and eventually somebody might make an off-the-cuff joke that might n- might be... A little comical. Like, are you saying having a, a snook in your sniz is not funny? I don't know what that means. <laughs> it depends on the target of the joke, too. Because, like, like, David Cross is making, like, 9-11 jokes, like, two years after the fact. But it was mostly targeted at, at W. Like, mm-hmm. it was mostly about, mm-hmm. like, like, you know, the, 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 taking him to task for that. So, yeah, it's I, also I, about... I, I'm, I'm 100% agreeing with Sean. It's about punching up, too, I think is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I think... I think you can make jokes about like transphobia, but making a joke about a trans person maybe is, isn't a good, 
look isn't the best route. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's hard. I think it's it's very difficult because then also you want to be, make sure that people are laughing for the right reasons. So I don't and, I, know. And, and the thing is, it's also dependent on the community as well. Like, I do not know if it is okay to make a joke about about transgender folk because I'm not in that community, and there's no there's no need for me to be doing that kind of thing. Like, there's, there's no need for yeah. me to do that. But but within certain communities, like I guarantee you that within the LGBT community, there are jokes there are jokes that are made within certain subsects that would be fine for them to make but me as token mcwhitey you can't make that joke because it is what you were saying it is punching down at that point to some degree um yeah so like you know and, and not to say like oh boy i'm i'm being a white male is great so i'm pun- punching down as making jokes about any other type of group of people that's not what i'm trying to say what i'm trying to say is i think that there are, there are absolutely jokes that within a certain group or within a certain culture or within a certain demographic you can make jokes about people within that group but like the moment you you go outside of that it's it's not okay to be making jokes about those kind of people um you know if if the target of the joke is you know somebody who's typically disenfranchised typically you know who's typically who's already getting the short end of the stick anyway mm-hmm. yeah yeah but otherwise no i think there's nothing that 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 can't be off limits, and I think that that the moment you have those sort of sacred like, like that that's sort of the beauty of comedy is it's sort of like the first, like that's sort of the first line of of people who typically try to breach those sacred cows and try to breach those sacred lines, uh, because that's kind of where the humor is. It's like slightly shocking, but also like oh, whew, what a relief! I wanted somebody to joke about that yeah i i think we also as as like a society have to be okay with people making jokes that are in poor taste not being like okay and letting it slide but being okay if somebody like tries to make a joke about something and it it bombs if they're like listen (laughs) i i I tackled something that was a little bit out of my out of my Mm -hmm. range and it bombed and i'm sorry i think Mm -hmm. you have to be okay with that too like mm-hmm. that's that's valid yeah. to be like I am to, for someone to apologize like legitimately and sincerely apologize for being like I tried to make a joke about it it didn't work my B. Mm-hmm. I think we have yeah, to. Be I think my bigger society, issue okay. come. Yeah, I think my bigger issue comes in when uh, somebody takes a joke too far. So like m- maybe we're back and forth, ban- or back and f- back and forth. Uh, back and forth bantering on a topic and then like you just it's escalating a little it's escalating a little clearly there's a line for this joke of what's in bad taste and you just like punt and it's like no 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 no. that's not cool yeah Yeah. there's there's always a line that you can go over and continuing making jokes on a specific topic at a specific point in time you will eventually go over that line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, you have to be able to recognize where that line is and when to stop. But I, I like we all said there, there's nothing really too serious. You just, you might not like the joke, but others might. It's well. And the other thing is, I think you also just, there's a human intuition that, that you're supposed to like, I think you need to have the good sense to identify when somebody's being mean spirited and when they aren't. Like, I, I think there are plenty of comedians who do like dark or edgy humor that are not necessarily mean spirited, 
Um, you know, we've talked about Anthony Jessen like a couple times on this show, but there are other comedians who just like they push boundaries, but they're not like, you know, they're not being dicks. Like they're not being they're The, the intent is yeah. not to hurt people. Um, whereas with other, t- other times, it's hard to, to make that distinction. And you, you find comedians who are just being mean for the sake mm-hmm. of being mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah like I, I personally don't really find Bill Burr entertaining, but others do. And I was going to bring up Bill Burr and I'm like, I think he does that kind of joke, those kind of jokes. Yeah. Where I don't think he's being mean. Oh, I love him. Bill Burr. Like I think, but I think he does like, that's part of the allure yeah. is mm-hmm. that he's like touching these sacred cows. And being, I think the like, best way yeah, I've seen yeah. Bill Burr Touched. described is like, you, he starts talking about something and you think he's going to be offensive in one way. And then he, swerves in a completely different direction he's offensive and is offensive in a different way yeah Yeah. (laughs) um and then also just his boston accent i just can't deal with it well i think that's what sells it for me yeah but uh, but i think i think bill burr even he recognizes that times are changing and is like okay i can't you know i can't make these the jokes i was making Mm -hmm. in the 80s anymore Mm -hmm. like it's just this is just we just need to, he's growing. Like he's still, he's still doing the same type of comedy, but he's just getting better about it. Yeah. That's all you can hope for. His SNL monologue when he hosted the show back in the fall was like a, a, like a seven minute distillation of that because like he started talking about like, 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 uh, LGBT Pride Month, and he was like, "Oh, that's a little bit long, isn't it? Like, you know, thirty days." And you're like, "Oh, Jesus, what?" And then he was like, "No, but compared <laughs> to like Black History Month, they get twenty eight days, and there's like no sun. <laughs> sun goes down at four in the afternoon. Nobody wants to go to the parade." And I'm like, "Okay, that's funny as hell. <laughs> that's that's pretty good." <laughs> they got the short end of the stick. What yeah, the exactly. Fuck? Like he bring, he like swerves in a completely different direction. But like, yeah, like there, there are comedians like him who yeah. I, I do think whether you like him or not, I think he, they are good at like that is funny and and edgy in a way that I don't think is necessary. I mean, listen, I, I'm again, we're, we're speaking the perspective of four white dudes here, but like I don't think mm-hmm. it's in a in a way that is hurtful or malicious. And I think that there are plenty of. Yeah. And if, if, and if someone were to come with me, somebody from like a group of people, like a disenfranchised group were, were to come to me and be like, this is why it's not okay that he's saying that I'd be on board. I'd be like, okay, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I get it. All right. Yeah. Cool. Like that's just, we can be educated. It sounds like the baseline (laughs) level is there's nothing too serious to be joked about. Uh, it is is simply a, a matter of in, intent and craftsmanship. It seems. Like. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. See. Ba boom. Ba boom. Ba boom. Tim, what's our next question? All right. Next up from John Tersich. What kind of weird TV show should Marvel make after the success of One Division? <laughs> Did they know? Uh, John, we're gonna have to talk after the show, sir. Well, uh, he, he, it's it is a success well, regardless he, of whether you it like is, it. Yeah. I, no, I'm aware. Yeah. It's not a success because it's good. It's success because it's Marvel. In my opinion, I understand that other people will think otherwise. We're not going to rehash my hot take. <laughs> I, I think they need to do uh, Agent Wu doing street magic on the streets of the MCU outside of the uh, Sanctum Centaurum in New York City. That would be pretty funny. Do I don't know how you'd make an entire series out of it. I oh, think... It would- it would be a Chris Angel series, and he's just doing street magic there the entire time. <sighs> mind freak. Exactly. Just mind freak the whole time. 
<laughs> I think I think they should do like a Parks and Rec slash Office mockumentary style about uh, damage control, which is the oh. people who clean up all of the stuff that yeah. the superheroes yeah. do. I think that would be pretty funny. Mm. There, there was they originally were going to do a damage control series on basic on like ABC, but that mm-hmm. fell through for some reason. Well, I think they uh, should think do a comedy Ages version. Of of it. Yeah. They should that that'd be great. Um, what else? What else could they do? Uh, just like uh, uh, similar to the the damage control mockumentary style, uh, just something with Darcy because I love. Cat Denny's. I love Darcy, so I'd like a, a a Parks and Rec style thing with Darcy. Uh, X Files slash Parks and Rec with Darcy. I want a whole TV series exclusively based on the Marvel versus Capcom series. <laughs> we're getting weird. Yeah. We're getting weird. Right, I'll take it. We're we're getting multiverse. We're that getting, is a possibility. We're getting you never Thor know. fighting Ryu. We're getting. Uh, we're getting uh, Spider-Man versus M. Bison. Who is that one that. guy whose clothes always flew off? Do you know who I'm talking about? The guy whose clothes were always just flying. Tim Hansen? No. It was <laughs> hey! One of the, it was I, one of the Capcom guys, and his one of his like special attacks was like he was like a whirlwind, and his clothes would fly off. Listen, I remember this very, <laughs> very I, I'm not doubting you. I just don't know who it is. <laughs> I do not it know. It was like gin, I think, or something like that. Oh, that sounds familiar. I, 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 I think you're thinking One Punch Man's uh, Puri Puri Prisoner. <laughs> I have not. <laughs> uh, I like that one. That was good. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah I have no idea. <laughs> from Cyberbots, Full Metal Madness. <laughs> uh, you, you could give me a thousand guesses and I wouldn't have gotten there. Like, Yeah. You know. I just yeah, I remember no specifically there was one that his Seotame Dynamite he releases energy and his clothes uh, and shoots <laughs> them around him. Scandal. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's crazy. Well, that's uh, like in uh, what was the uh, the Capcom game with uh, Bayonetta uh, originally. Her magic was her hair, and her hair is also her clothes. So the the stronger magic you use, the more naked she became. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep, miraculously one of the best selling games on Switch and Wii U. <laughs> I can't imagine why. Um, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> any other weird uh, Marvel uh, TV series or the like? I would probably go with Spider Man twenty ninety nine. Ooh, that'd be a good mm. one. Yeah, yeah. One because it's not like not a lot of people know about him or it's like they've seen the suit but they still know jack shit about the character uh so i feel like there's just a lot of real estate to work with and then from there you can work into like the multiverse stuff and time travel and i think that would just be real cool i mean but they can only do that if they get in a cage to voice him like Otherwise, they just can't do it. Was that Spider Noir? He, was, he wasn't Spider Man twenty ninety nine. Oh no, that's right. You're right. He was Spider Noir. Because that was going to be my next suggestion. Is if we're going to go that direction, we need a Spider yeah. Noir series. Yeah, we do need a Spider Noir <laughs> series in the cage. Yeah. Totes, dude. I, I'm just a sucker. That would for also any be really good. Corny noir, like cheesy kind of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, give me more of that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I would watch that every week. 
Uh, all right, Tim, what is the last question? Guys, it's our last question. Mm. The final question. Mm. Who in your life is most proud of you? Hmm. My father, Mr. DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> Who's most proud of you in your life? Uh, I'm going to go with Martha. Mm-hmm. Uh, primarily from just like coming from what we talked about last episode of just like always being uh, being comfortable and being myself, no judgment, blah, 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 blah. Even with that being said, there has still been a development process for me and being more open with emotions and yada, yada. I will always be the same dumbass derp with you guys. That will never change. But uh, just uh, the the acknowledgement of how much of a struggle that has been for me and genuinely dealing with emotions that for the longest time I've just been like, nope. To, I took the Mormon perspective of just turn it off. It doesn't exist. It's not there. <laughs> like a light ball, turn it off. Uh, which is funny because my dad was Mormon. I mm. just, yeah. But that's besides the point. Um, this song is so, so yeah, Mar- Martha, she's my biggest cheerleader. Uh, in, in excitement, not in size, because that would just be rude. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and inaccurate, but that's uh, yeah. So, Toad's Martha. Uh, I'm sorry. You just, <laughs> you, now, now I'm thinking about the Book of Mormon. <laughs> You're welcome. So good. <laughs> um, Sean, who is the most proud of you in your life? Probably Mary, uh, just because we spend the most time together. And so she gets to see me be like a good dad the most. Like it's just just by virtue of like, I, I would say like, oh, my parents are proud of me for, you know, having a life. But I think it's Mary just, you know, watching me grow into being a dad to Jake and then grow into being a dad to Alice. And just being great at it, just crushing it, absolutely Dude. knocking it out of the park every just single wailing day. fatherhood right here. Like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's like the it's like one of the few things I'm good at, and that I know I'm good at. So I think she's uh, I think she is proud of me for that, or at least I hope she is. <laughs> so that's who I hope is most proud of me. <laughs> if she's not, I'm oh, gonna yeah, be yeah, like yeah, really upset, time, like- guys. <laughs> a follow-up on Sean's alleged pride. <laughs> Sean, you were you were you were born to be a dad. That you've been making dad jokes before you were a dad, uh, for sure. I've I I I I, I definitely mm-hmm. my whole life. I was like that's that was like legitimately one of the things I'm like I was super stoked about. Like get to be mm-hmm. getting to be a dad, and then I got to be a dad, and I'm super stoked mm-hmm. about it still. <laughs> It's hard, but it's awesome. Nice, nice. Do you guys watch the uh, the chase the uh, the game show? Nah, it's a good. It's uh, good no. show. So it's, it's it's a European show that they brought to the U.S. and they basically it's it's like these contestants against the chasers, and the chasers are all like the Jeopardy champions, like Ken Jennings and James Holtzauer. The episode they just had on last night, one of the the guests they uh, they told the guest they said, "Oh, tell us something about you." And the guest's like, "Oh, you know, I love uh, you know, I love dad jokes." And he's like, "Are you a dad?" I'm like, no. And uh, I just love dad jokes. <laughs> and then they turn it to Ken Jennings and like, Ken, what do you think about this guy? And he's like, well, I'm a dad and I like dad jokes too, but we have a word for people who uh, heard 
dad jokes for people who aren't dads who like dad jokes and they're not funny. Uh, <laughs> which is a <laughs> freaking burn from Ken Jennings. Um, but uh, but Sean, who to thunk, has been a dad for like twenty years, so it's all good. Um, I have. <laughs> Yeah, in, in spirit, if not... Uh, you can if, tell by Jake's voice. It's been about 20 years. <laughs> oh, my God. Jake's voice is so deep. <laughs> yeah, man. It uh, is incredible. He has a deeper voice than I do. And I'm like, <laughs> my guy. Uh, Mr. Sweeten, who in your life is most proud of you? My mom. Uh, she... Uh, she likes everything I post on Facebook. She she's told me a handful of times she's proud of me uh, within the past couple of years. Um, I think she, uh, in a sense of way, knows sort of what I go through mental health wise because, like me and her, are really the only two within the family that deal with some mental health issues in general. Um, at least are like willing to admit it to others. Um. And she, she like, yeah, I think she is just proud. Like she, she's so happy that I own my own house. Like, it, and it's one of the hardest things I've ever done was own my own house. Um, that like, yeah, she's always just telling me that like, you're doing so good. You're doing great, blah, blah, blah. And, and stuff like that. That her, I mean, I don't really know who else is proud of me. I, um, We're, I'm proud of you. Rich. Oh, thanks. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, man, I'll, I'll second that. Sean is proud, proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> he is so proud of you. I am. Oh, he, I, you got you thirded it for me. That, All three of us are in full agreement that Sean is proud of you. That's so. Uh, that's so affirming to myself. <laughs> Love you, buddy. You do. You, you, you do good work. Oh. You do. Thank you. Love you guys too. Hmm. I, I, I think there is a different element of, of pride because like for the most part, like our parents, I think are, are have an element of pride for us and, and most parents do. Um, and there's, it, it does change over time. Like your parents are proud of you for your accomplishments and what they see from the outside. And eventually at a certain point, either, you know, you have a partner or, or a close group of friends or people who, who you interact with on a more regular basis who see what you're dealing with. So I, I also think that my, my wife is the person who's the most proud of me. And conversely, I, I, I am not conversely, uh, but, but as well, I am as proud of her as, as she is of me, I think. Um, because, you know, my, 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 parents and like friends, you know, see stuff that I do, or, you know, if I get a new job or if I get, you know, if I accomplish something in, in at work or in school or something like that, you know, you, you see it, but my, my wife sees like all the other stuff, like sees like, you know, like, you know, I got, I got my master's degree a couple of years ago. And my wife was the one who saw me like struggle each night. Like, dude, I should just quit. Like this fucking suck. I, I, I shouldn't have done this. Like I'm not good enough or whatever. Like she sees all that stuff. Um, she sees me, you know, when I'm doing well with work and she sees me when, sees me when I'm struggling with my job. Um, and she, you know, she sees all of that and she sees the, like, there's the, the endpoints of like the accomplishments or the endpoints of like, I'm doing this with work or I, I did this at Tough Mudder or I did, you know, what, whatever it is. And then she see, she sees all the other stuff. She sees like the pathway to it. And so I think that's, I would say that she's most proud of me because of that, because she sees the the how instead of just the what if that makes any sense so mm -hmm. I, I i will say that it's mm -hmm. my wife um with my, my folks being a, a close second um because you know they, they they find me uproariously hilarious on this podcast and that's what they are most proud of me for of course <laughs> nice 
Uh, I, I, I got to also throw out there, uh, my dog is proud of me. I, I only have to say that because after I got done talking about my parents being proud of me, he farted and it mm-hmm. smelled so bad. So I think he was jealous. I didn't mention him. Yeah. Oh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> You're just a dessert. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Yep. Kaboom. Uh, any other people that are proud of you? None that I can think of. I don't know. Well, if that's the case, then, uh, Tim, I believe that's the last question, correct? Yeah, that was the very last question. Hell yeah. Well, then, uh, does anyone have a take or closing thought? I've got a take. Okay. Or a few takes, actually. Oh, several takes. So, 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 cut, cut the Dragon Force. Because it's wee, not sweet wee, show. Wee, wee. This is this is Richie's rotisserie of rage. Mm. Uh, I'm going to go over a number of things. It's just going to go in a quick circle. Oh, Say good. something if you want, but there will be one thing that we do marinate on. Mm. But I just have I have something. I have a few things in my head that I just need to get off my chest and just mm. shout into the void. Rich, uh, don't, so if you, keep keep turning. Don't forget the the chicken. You got to like <laughs> keep spinning. Yeah, it's, it's going to keep spinning. Cooked. Uh, so like the first technically three things are all kind of all in one um and it starts like this we have been going through this goddamn pandemic for a year wear a goddamn fucking mask over your nose you morons (laughs) the the cdc has recently sent out a statement saying that if you wear two masks you're 90 percent less likely to get the virus you know why you have to wear two masks now because you morons don't know how to wear a mask properly, and if everyone wore a damn mask, it would go over your nose, and and and, and we wouldn't need to wear two masks. Because two people wearing a mask in the same place, 90% less likely to catch a virus. Hmm. So wear your fucking mask properly. If it hmm. falls under your nose, your mask isn't tight enough. You need a tighter mask. Smoky. So that's like those three that like if you guys want to comment on, please feel free. Please feel free. I just need to get that off my chest. That you just need to wear your mask right? Yeah. Get, get yeah. your shit together? Yeah. Uh, this, like, there are so many people out there complaining. Well, if one mask doesn't work, why do we now have to wear two? Well, Because, because you you're a fucking idiot. That's why. Yeah, you well, weren't wearing... One mask does work. The, the CDC has released uh, uh, suggestions and, and regulations saying now that if you wear two masks, one, uh, one um, like the, 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 the paper mask... The non-reusable and one and cloth, cloth reusable, uh, it, it more form fits around your mouth, and you are ninety percent less likely to catch the virus. Whereas if you're only wearing the cloth, you're like sixty-three percent, which is what they've been saying the entire time. If one person is wearing a mask and another person isn't, the person wearing the mask is sixty-three percent less likely to catch the virus. But if two people are wearing a mask, it's like a ninety-five percent chance you're not catching the virus. Mm-hmm. So like. That's why they're now telling you to wear two masks. I think the biggest it's thing just, with the mask debate is, is this idea, this bad faith argument that uh, I, I've seen this routinely, the argument that like, well, if masks work, then why don't we need to social distance? And if social yeah, distancing it, works, then why don't we need to wear a mask? And it's like, well, because nobody... Because you no, don't social distance, so fuck off. No sane yeah. person should be treating any of these solutions like some panacea, like the mask is a magical shield that prevents anything bad from happening. This is the, the argument, the idea that you make this argument that, oh, well, if I... You know, if the masks work, why don't I have to social distance? Like, well, geez, if your airbag works, why wear a seatbelt? Like, if... if Like, the, the point is... Yeah. If you do 
not one no one of these solutions is the end all be all but if you do all of them or most of them then you significantly <gasps> reduce the yeah. risk like the, 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 the like it's a it's a bad faith argument meant to be like, well, if I can poke a hole in this one thing about the masks or about the social distancing, then the whole thing unravels. And it's like, well, yeah, then I may yeah. well not do anything. It's like it's not it's not a binary. It's not 100 percent or zero. It's as you said, it's it's a certain percentage. And, you know, it's as much, you know, just 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 be st- don't, don't be a just fucking swear. asshole about it. Like, just 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 be yeah. smart. So. So that was my quick PSA. Thank you for indulging me on that. Mm. And now here's my actual, like, I pre-warned you guys take. Mm. There's more charcoal on the fire for this rotisserie. I will. I will. It's, it's going to warm it up a little bit. Um, so I've already mentioned during this episode, I now have a dog. I didn't have a dog last week or the week before. Congratulations. Uh, I, uh, thanks. <laughs> um, it's... I, I, I love the dog, but this is now the second time I got a dog not on my own uh, terms. Not on purpose. Yeah. So I'm going to keep names and relationship to this per- to these people out because I don't want anyone thinking anyone's a bad person. Um, it's Sean. I, Sean gave his dogs <laughs> to Rich. Listen, yeah, I, I, Gary, Gary a, now lives here. A, a three dog house is too many dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I tried to tell Mary she wouldn't listen. <laughs> <laughs> so, last Friday, I get a, a call from a family member saying that their dog bit, uh, bit them uh, on the hand on Thursday and in on the arm Friday evening, and they did not trust their dog at their house anymore. Understandable. Dog bit you for no reason. I get it. They asked to bring the dog over here. It's fine. I'll take care of the dog until we figure out what's going on and train this behavior out of them. Reasonable. Discussions are happening Friday night, Saturday. Come Sunday, the two people that that live with this dog uh, have determined that their only course of action seems to be putting the dog down. This dog is two years old. This dog has lived with them since he was... Six months-ish. Like, since he was allowed to be adopted, he has lived with him. And that immediately, immediately set me off. Because that's, that's not, that's not a reasonable, the dog bit you, yes. Putting them down is not the only option. You need to train, this is, no matter if you live with the dog for two days or two years, it is a wild animal. It could always bite you. If it has a mouth, it can bite you. Mm Mm-hmm. My niece was biting kids at daycare. Should they have put her down? <laughs> yeah, like, probably. My, <laughs> I mean, I'm just following that. I'm just connecting the dots here. It sure seems like that's what you're saying. My, my cat, I had a cat who was big and fat. Mm-hmm. And if you pet him for a second too long, he'd turn around and bite you. Oh, yeah, he was a, he, put that bitch a mean down. fatty. <laughs> he was a mean fatty. You, you wouldn't put him down, though. Like... Like this is this was oh, that's an what I would call my autobiography, by the way, from a couple weeks ago. Yeah, a mean fatty. Yeah, me a, a mean fatty. <laughs> um, but it, it it seemed like they've written off any option for this dog, and like I've known this dog since they've had him. I love this dog, and I've watched this dog a good number of times, 
and, and, and he has never shown signs of aggression towards me. Uh, so Monday I went to, I went to them and I told them no matter what you decide with your dog, if you decide to put them down, if you decide to, to give them away, I will take the dog. So I now have a dog because it seemed like they weren't even willing to try. They had one, well, two, but it was, it's within such a short time frame. One instance of aggressive behavior that it seems like they were over it and not even willing to try. And that just, it, it brought me down. And so like, I just, I wanted to take this time to, to stress that when you adopt an animal, dog, cat, chinchilla, bird, whatever, cheetah, cheetah. Mm. Sure. Um, I don't know why you would adopt a cheetah, but sure. Tim told me to say uh, that one. Okay. I did. Yeah. Um, you adopt that animal in the good and the bad. If the animal starts acting in a way that you can't handle it, you need to train that out of the animal. You cannot just use getting rid of it or putting it down as an immediate response. You 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 are this animal's life. You are you are correct, but I don't want to there there are certain situations in which putting down the animal is the best course of action i don't think this is that this is one of those cases but there are cases when like a dog is just like your dog can be crazy like in the same way that people it's absolutely a thing yeah yeah because there was there are medical reasons for yeah one of one of my aunts my aunt had a dog that just kept biting her and her kids and it was just like an unsafe dog and so like that is a situation that can happen what sounds like richard's what it sounds like Rich is saying is like if it's, yeah, if it's, if it's an isolated incident, like it's it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, Rich, that the the it sounds like these family members were sort of or these random people don't know if they're family members, uh, were just sort of ready to jump ship at any time, and yeah. and if, obviously if it's an established pattern of behavior the way that Sean and uh, and Tim are alluding to. You know, there's there's only yeah. so much you're willing to take. You've got young people in the yeah. house, or you're you're just not you don't feel safe around the animal. That's one thing, but like. You know, it, it, if you're if it's just a, a frustrating behavior or if it's like an isolated thing like, you know, that that's that's a little bit different. And if you're just looking for any sort of escape hatch, that's not the same thing as like finding yeah. an established pattern of behavior mm-hmm. and being. Yeah. And, and doing what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So my my perspective is one. Absolutely. Your your take is absolutely valid. hundred percent on point. Um, there are medical things that can cause dogs to mm-hmm. more. It, it's not something you can change. And that's super unfortunate. We had a dog that, um, had not like the typical kind of worms that you would think of for anyone who is a dog owner, who knows what I'm talking about, like heartworm or something like that. But she had something else that was essentially, she had worms in her brain, uh, that were eating her brain. Mm-hmm. And essentially how we figured that out is, uh, we were already having trouble potty training and then essentially she just started chewing on the walls to the point where her teeth like her gums were bleeding and it's not like she didn't have to- toys just for whatever reason this is the thing like so we had to replace drywall because she chewed through the walls uh, besides the point so there are medical issues um, the fact that it's been a year and a half no aggressive behavior of this dog prior Saying that these two separate incidences happened out of the blue and 
there was no reason for it. I am inclined to call bullshit for a dog that like has had zero, zero, anything like that. Mm -hmm. That doesn't happen. Yeah, you may not think about it. There could have been. Is there any food aggressiveness? Was there a particular thing? We had the sweetest beagle of all time, but if you gave him a pig ear, and you could give him any other treat, any other toy, anything, if you gave him a pig ear, for whatever reason, he would become super possessive, and that's the only time he ever bit anybody. He bit me, and that's because I got too close to his pig ear, and then we took the pig ear away. Never any an issue, ever, ever yeah. again. So, I mean... I'm inclined to think that there was something going on and a triggering event related to these things or things happening around those that lead into this. But it also sounds like they were looking for a reason to jump ship. Yeah. So, so, and, and to further your point and, and uh, there, there were signs of food aggression back when he was a pup with their other dog. And there was signs of guarding aggression when he was a pup. Only with their other dog, never with humans. Yeah, that's not terribly unreasonable. Which, yeah, and and both dogs are males, and generally, if you have two males, they're both going to, they're going to be aggressive with each other. Yeah, they're yeah. Both female more females more so than anything. But what was that, Matt? I say we have four of us, and we try to fight each other every week. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we're uh, constantly so, trying like, to knock each other out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if it weren't for the screen, I, I'd be punching the shit out of Tim every time I see you. <laughs> uh, country strikes taking you down, bro. <laughs> I'm terrified. We, 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 are, we are talking about a family member of mine, and I, they may or may not listen to the podcast or may listen occasionally. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to think I'm shitting on them, I, and I love them, and, and they, they need to do what's best for them. They're I do. Currently, Let's name names. Let's go. <laughs> they're currently <laughs> afraid of... They're currently afraid of the dog, which... I understand the dog bit them twice, seemingly unprovoked. We also don't know why he 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 bit her, and and the scenarios over why he bit her it it, it doesn't make sense. Like like you said, Tim. Uh, yeah. And the only thing we can determine at this point uh, is either he has a thyroid or chemical imbalance in him that caused him to have a triggering situation instance. Uh, thyroid issues can make dogs aggressive, and chemical imbalance. Correct, but that th- those are over a period of time. That is a general yeah. behavior change, not a like. There's going to be one sudden onset instance, and then it's gone, and then yeah. later at some point yeah. a sudden. On- yeah. So the, that that gets back to the behavioral stuff and medical stuff that Sean yeah. and I talked about. The the only other response we can figure out is the owner, their their former owner, uh, recently found out that they have a a rare but treatable form of lung cancer. And the dog senses that on on her, and therefore it is on edge and protective of her. And and he's been overstressed, and her touching him has caused yeah, him to lash out. Dogs are dogs are weird like that. Like when yeah. Mary was pregnant, Gary at one point just like peed on the couch, like just like stood up on a couch and peed. And it was super weird. Like he he has never done that before. He has not done that since. But it's just like I think dogs yeah. are just very perceptive of things like that. And uh, yeah, you know that that shit can happen. It it can make these anomalous. Like I don't obviously I don't know your dog, and I don't want to be yeah. like it could be. It could be just that it was a weird 
just reaction to that. He, yeah, it, it it's it's hard to explain, and without like giving up this family without family spoilers name and everything, and yeah, without spoilers, <laughs> and like I said, I don't want them to seem like they're a bad person. They 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 do everything they can to treat any animals that they get. And, and and us as family members, they do everything they can to treat us really great. But it's just yeah. this one anomalous incident that made me rethink them having pets in general. And I, I would agree with that. And without, without going into who it is, and honestly, it doesn't matter who it is or their relation to anybody. Uh, my general take is... Uh, is you don't have to shit on someone to tell them that what they are doing is shitty. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reasoning behind no longer wanting to keep the dog, they feel unsafe. Fine. Regardless yeah. of what happened with the dog, the fact that they feel unsafe and unable to take care of the dog, that is completely understandable, completely reasonable, and justified from their perspective. I yeah. get it. To immediately jumping, jumping to euthanizing the dog, that's crazy. Yes. Yeah, and, and that, that's that's bonkers. Yeah, and, and was, I don't think that that is shitting on anybody to call a spade a spade. Yeah, and that's that's like a a main point of what I was trying to get out there with this is it it didn't make sense to me as to why they thought euthanization was was the only option, and there's plenty other options and 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 things like that. I just personally don't feel I don't trust. As weird as it sounds, I don't trust the system for animals, and I don't know if this dog would go to a good family, or if an instance would happen in this family where then they would end up putting the dog down. I would just much rather have the dog myself and keep the dog in the family. Well, how's how is the dog? How's the dog right now? Is he being chill? It, he's he's been a week. He's being chill. He's uh, I don't know if you can see, but he's like kind of just laying right there sleeping. Uh, he's being adorable like always. He got groomed today, and he's nice and soft and cuddly. Uh, he was scared as all hell of the groomers. Like he has not shown a single sign of aggression towards me or my sister or her fiance or the groomer apparently, or the groomer or the groomer's two assistants. Like which the groomers are notorious for. Like this is a high anxiety situation, which well, is prone to causing bites. Yeah, I, I she never at least her the groomer never texted me and told me. That she got bit by him. And they'll be the first ones to say, we refuse to see this dog anymore because it's it's aggressive. Yeah. So uh, it's, 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 it's an anomalous scenario that right now we are, I am saying it's mostly on the fact that his prior owner had cancer or has cancer, which is why. It it seems like there was just too much going on and they couldn't handle it. Yeah. And that's, and that's fine. And yeah, and that's fine. I, I, I think going to euthanasia right away is silly but yeah i'm glad i'm glad the dog is chilling it with you and and just in case again real quick if the family member is listening you know who you are i love you you can visit the dog anytime you want we'll try to get you back into a comfortable space when you're ready Mm -hmm. yeah vince (laughs) (laughs) good take way to take down vince on this one yeah uh, Got him. I, if I'll, I'll be honest, if it were Vince, I wouldn't be hiding the name. <laughs> just just br- taking uh, Vince is uh, yeah. sensitive about dogs anyway, so I, I don't yeah. think he, yeah, yeah. He, it's not a no, Vince yeah. uh, position to take. No. Ultimately, <laughs> but uh, that's that. Thank you, thank you for letting me get that stuff off my chest. 
I, I, I needed I needed that to just like make my week go from a three slash four to like a five or six. And with that, this rotisserie chicken is done. Delicious. Uh, Rich, if people want to see any more of your thoughts, takes, etc., where can they find you on Twitter? At B underscore Walnuts. How about you, Sean? At Hey, it's SOB. How about you, Tim? At Tim R. Hansen. And you can follow me on Twitter at MKASNEL. That's M-K-A-S-Z-N-E-L. The podcast is on Twitter at Brose underscore podcast. It's on Facebook at Brose podcast. And it's on Instagram at Brose underscore podcast. You can follow our show, subscribe, and listen to us on every major podcasting platform, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, and TuneIn. And if you have a question you want us to answer on the air, email it to brosequestions at gmail.com. That's brosequestions at gmail.com. Special thanks, as always, to Mary O'Brien for compiling our questions, to Shannon Vogel for designing our world-famous logo. You can find her work at Shannon Vogel Photography on Facebook and on Etsy.com. And our theme music is When by Steven Siebert. You can listen to his work at the Free Music Archive. It is plug time, ladies and gentlemen. Rich, what's going on with PodQuest? Check out PodQuest, a nerdy roundtable, where we talk about that week's nerd news and stuff we did. Uh, again, it's hard to promote because it's a weekly news show, uh, but we do. I will most likely talk about uh, 1993's Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla 2. Uh, I might play uh, Resident Evil 7 if I didn't last week, or or Concrete Jungles, or Destruction All-Stars, one of the free, some of the free games from the PS5. Sean, what about Frisbees? Tell me about Frisbees. You want to see me Frisbees? At OB Disc Golf, pretty much everywhere except Instagram at OB underscore Disc Golf. I'll be throwing throwing some frisbees in the woods. Hopefully, I get to film something soon when it's not so snowy, guys. Hmm. Yeah. Tim, as a change of pace, I also want you to talk about frisbees. Go. You want to see me frisbees? Then uh, give me a frisbee, and I'll I'll, I'll throw it. <laughs> <laughs> uh talk to that's, me about the person and person podcast tim one of our, our some of our good friends over there ah greg and gene i hope that's their names at this point um yeah. great guys the the for someone like myself who hates new shows because they're just terribly not interesting uh or terribly informative it's an excellent new show they got jokes on jokes on jokes and uh relatable Sometimes fillatable content, and uh, wow. it's, it's fantastic. Oh, yikes! <laughs> I, 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 now, Tim, I, I need to just to, to focus in on that real quick because I've listened to several what the relatable content person in person podcast, and I cannot say as 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 attractive as I'm sure that Greg and Gene person are uh, that there's many fillatable content. Uh, the the content not it has nothing to do with them. It's the content of their show. Uh, you mean the butt science? Is that what you're talking about? Uh, no, I'm talking about the woman who detained a robber. Um, oh, okay. With, uh, interesting de-escalation tactics Got until it. the police arrived. Say no more. Say no more. Uh, and uh, so, person in person podcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts and anywhere you get your podcasts. And of course, the Not My Type Show. Uh, check them out if you enjoy uh some non-serious discussion about serious pop culture uh great great folks over there uh at the not my type pod check out not my type pod.com uh for jesse and ryan show say goodbye to the gentle listeners everyone
Bye. Bye. Buenos nachos. For Tim Hansen, Rich Sweet, and Sean O'Brien, and the entire Action Moose team. Moose. Moose. My name is Matt Casnell, reminding you all to be smart about being stupid. Yay, we did it. Yeah. Okay.